Welcome to the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. My name is Nia Carrillo, a holistic nutritionist and energy worker based in San Diego, California. I'm sharing all my best tips and strategies for those wanting to connect deeper to their body and soul. Each week, you'll hear musings from me and guest experts in their field, as well as actionable tips and strategies that you can implement in your daily life now so you can live a more conscious lifestyle. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Now let's dive right into today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the Third Eye Wellness Podcast. This is Nia, and I welcome you to the show if you are new here. We are going to connect the metaphysics, the science, the spiritual wisdom, and trauma, and all the things to help you understand your hormonal woes and issues and challenges and their connection to your gut health. I recently got an email um, from someone, which is an email that I often get with this person's concern regarding where to even start when it comes to getting to the root of your health issues that you deeply suspect are hormone-related, that are causing you gut issues, what tests to order, where to start with your hormones or with your gut. And I felt that this needed an entire episode dedicated to it. And it's a topic that we cover in Body Genius, my upcoming group program that is combining science and spiritual wisdom to help you heal and reverse challenges with your gut, mental, and hormonal health. And we focus on healing the inner child using nutrition, detoxification regimens that are gentle and sustainable to support your body from the inside out. It is a truly holistic, one-of-a-kind program where we really dive into four months of you understanding your body so you can heal it because you can't out-diet, you can't out-supplement, you can't out-exercise your symptoms because they are rooted in trauma, in pain, in emotionality that needs to be addressed and integrated. And so in Body Genius, we use all of a variety of modalities that I've mentioned to help you really understand and streamline your health journey. So if that interests you and this episode resonates, we are currently in the thick of enrollment with just a few weeks left as we start the program the first week of July and all details can be accessed to this program by clicking the link in the show notes and you can get a free access to the bundle that this includes. Uh, so this includes my clear channel course as well. So you get clear channel for free, which is the pre-talks program that I offer and it is included in the body genius bundle. So you get access to just try it out. And if it resonates, I would love to have you in this next cohort before the program gets a major, major upgrade, which will include a price increase, um, a significant price increase because there is so much value in this program. So if you want to hop in for the lowest price it's ever going to be, then I would love to have you. And again, you can access that link in my show notes and all the details of like scheduling the calls and that will be addressed and it will accommodate everyone's schedule so that everyone can make most of the meetings so that they can reap the benefits and the nectar that this program has to offer. 
Okay, so let's just go into today's episode because this is a topic that I said I get a lot of emails, a lot of people in passing, just discussing like hormones and gut health and just feeling so totally bombarded and feeling like when you go to your doctor's office and you suspect that something's off and you're met with, oh, your blood work looks normal or maybe just you should lose weight or whatever generic response that you're like, I guess I'm okay if my doctor says so, but like, then why do I have this symptom? And I just feel like something's off because based off what I'm like feeling and maybe seeing on my social media feed, which it could be valid, you know? Um, I just feel like something's off, but I, I just don't know where to go. And before I go any further, I want to say this. I am not a medical doctor and I'm not intended to replace the care of a doctor, but I can guide you to places where you can get that medical attention you need from a functional standpoint and using the the medicine, quote unquote, and not in the form of actual medication, the medicine that has worked for me and that I have been trained in and that I have an expertise in, which is CAM therapies, alternative methods, and also nutrition. So this is my wheelhouse that I'll be sticking to and helping you understand the connection of trauma. Now, when it comes to like the doctor's office, Western medicine professionals that are trained to be MDs, medical doctors, and our system are not trained in nutrition. They are not trained to get to the root cause of why you are experiencing dis-ease and discomfort and illness or symptoms of any kind. They are trained to treat the symptoms. And there is a time and place where this type of care is needed. Like if you got in an accident or you broke your arm, I wouldn't suggest you go to your acupuncturist or your holistic practitioner or even come see me. Um, so there is a time and place for Western medicine and this, the pure science of it, but there is also a place where there's a gray area that Western medicine misses. And this is what I hope to shed light on with this topic. So the relationship between gut health and hormonal balance is very intricate and it's very crucial that we understand it for your overall well-being. So let's start by like defining what the gut is, because I think this is going to kind of simplify things even further so that it doesn't seem so overwhelming and complicated because there is a lot of terminology and words that maybe if you don't have a background in this, you're like, what's this? What's that? You know, it's like when I like try to go in the back end and edit the HTML of my website and I really should be hiring someone to support me in that area, which I have. And I suggest you do when it comes to your health, if it's not an area you're specializing in. So the gut is also known as what we call the gastrointestinal tract or the GI tract. It houses trillions of bacteria, um, viruses, and fungi, collectively known as what we call gut, um, the gut microbiome. And so these microorganisms, they play basically a huge role for like your foundational health, but also with your body life functions. Um, I said that word wrong, weird, bodily functions, <laughs> um, including the metabolism of your hormones and their regulation. So I'm going to insert it here. When I am working with someone, whether it's in my program or privately, I am always thinking of like the gut is like, I'm cupping my hands together. It's the seat 
of everything. And this is why you say or hear that it's the second brain, because without the health of your gut, then nothing else can be in order. So your hormones becoming imbalanced really can honestly be a byproduct to deeper things that are going on, and they likely start with the gut. And this is why you see so many women who have conditions like PCOS or endometriosis related to like the hormones or hormonal disorders that they have gut issues because of that interconnectedness. So your gut microbiome basically influences your hormone production, how your hormones signal and how they metabolize. And so they the balance of that is going to determine the balance of your hormones. If your gut is not balanced, your hormones are not balanced. And your gut plays a huge role in breaking down and eliminating hormones, helping them convert from being inactive into active forms. And this is really important, especially for women, because it's important for our sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. So whether you're a man or woman or female or male, like this is going to be true that the gut is the root of your hormonal health despite your gender. But we see a lot more of this interconnection like being looked at underneath a microscope and like, hmm, we should probably pay attention to this a little bit more because hormones with women are a much more delicate interplay than that of men. So when your gut becomes imbalanced, we call this dysbiosis. So you might have been told like you have gut dysbiosis and, and that's great. We understand that there's an imbalance of your uh, gut uh, bacteria, but, but we want to know why, right? And we'll understand that a little bit more later on, but this will disrupt inevitably your hormone production and it will cause symptoms. So dysbiosis leads to a lot of um, overgrowth with harmful bacteria that you don't want to overgrow and a reduction in the good bacteria that you basically need for good health and especially when it comes to your mental health. Uh, a real quick story here. When I was battling candida, my candida levels were high and my lactobacillus, which is a very common bacteria that you see in like yogurts or if you buy like a generic probiotic, that's often like lactobacillus is what's in there. And my lactobacillus, it was there was none detected because of that imbalance. Lactobacillus is what helps produce serotonin. And so I had none of that gut bacteria helping me produce serotonin. Guess who was depressed? This girl. That was why. So if you have imbalances with the gut, the consequences can manifest in various ways. It can create depression, but let's give an example. Like if you have uh, gut dysbiosis, and it leads to imbalances in your estrogen metabolism. So this means that this can lead to what is commonly referred to as estrogen dominance, which is the interplay between estrogen and progesterone. So a higher level of estrogen or a lower level of progesterone. Um, this results in symptoms like 
menstrual irregularities, like bleeding every 40 days versus the normal 28 to 32, uh, mood swings, mental health issues like anxiety and depression, weight gain, specifically in the backs of the arms, the hips, the inner thighs, the low belly, everywhere we don't want it. And acne, for example, I see this largely with a lot of women. Um, So those disruptions in gut health can also affect the production and the regulation of other hormones. So not just estrogen gets affected. Hormones like cortisol, this is your stress hormone, your thyroid hormones, you see a lot of thyroid conditions with people who have hormonal disorders, and insulin. And so it impacts your energy levels, your ability to metabolize food, and your stress response. So if your cortisol starts shooting up because your body is stressed because of the illness or disease that is in your gut, weight gain, food cravings, lethargy, brain fog, you name it, all of those symptoms come back down to it. There's inflammation that can happen from this. So you've often heard of the term leaky gut. Well, this means increased intestinal permeability. So that gut lining isn't as strong as it needs to be to prevent toxins from coming in and out. And so this basically is leaking toxins and undigested food to enter into your bloodstream. And this creates what we call autoimmunity or immune responses that further inflame you. So A common example that I see is that people will come to me, oh, I have this, this, and this, and this food that I can't eat. I took a food sensitivity test and my doctor said that I just need to avoid these things and that I'll be fine. And this is why I'm having my symptoms. But then I asked the question, well, were you always intolerant to potatoes? Real life story from a client, (laughs) y'all. Like she said, her doctor said, stop eating potatoes. But at one point, she was able to eat potatoes, okay? So she was never allergic to these foods. They just caused these intestinal or, I guess, bodily symptoms that were like very digestive related. So, and the answer is always, well, yeah, I was able to eat these at one point, just now I can't. Well, that's a key, key <laughs> telltale sign that something caused that to happen because it wasn't always there. It's not normal to have a whole bunch of food intolerances, sensitivities, new allergies. This is a basically a red flag, an alarm signal from the body, and especially like really directly related to the gut, telling you, hey, something's going on. So this inflammation that we get from leaky gut also contributes to disrupting your hormonal signaling and worsening symptoms that create hormonal imbalances that you very often might see in your cyclical um, health, like PMS, for example. So one little thing before we kind of switch gears and go dive deeper into my second point is that it's important to note that gut health is just one piece. It's a big piece of the puzzle, but it's just one. Some other factors that we'll dive more into are things like our stress management, our sleep schedule, our wake schedule, the toxins from the environment we live in, toxins from people that we take, genetic predispositions, and also uh, the significant role of inflammation. I already touched on that, but I want to go deeper into that. So let's unpack inflammation. I mentioned this in, I think, two episodes ago that 
Inflammation is actually a natural immune response that is good for you when it's not chronic. So inflammatory response, like if you get stung by a bee was the example I gave in a previous episode, is that you want your body to kind of get that like attention into that area with the redness, the swelling that might cause um, from being stung by a bug or whatever. But when the body is constantly, chronically fighting off something like a toxin and this inflammation is persistent over time, this negatively impacts your hormone production and signaling. So the inflammatory process in the body will very much interfere with your delicate balance of your hormones. And so higher levels of inflammation are just going to equal disruptions in communication from your glands and organs and all bodily functions. So this leads to what we call an alteration in our HPA axis. And you might have heard that term, and this is hypothalamic pituitary adrenal. That's what the HPA stands for. And so the HPA axis is responsible for basically regulating your body's stress response. And if this is out of whack, it is like basically everything else falls apart. And it plays a huge role in your hormonal balance. And so when you're chronically inflamed, say you have leaky gut or you have a dysbiosis, this is going to disrupt that access. So it's kind of like if you imagine like the uh, the axis of the wheels, like if one tire is flat, that starts to like put more weight into one tire. And then now you start to mix, mess with the wheel axes. Same thing if you're not adjusted with your physical body, your spine's out of alignment. That HPA axis plays a very delicate role for everything else. So this becomes a high level of, it creates a high level of stress in your body. Cortisol gets pumped and this high level of uh, cortisol, um, which it can go the other way. I should mention that you can have suppressed cortisol levels. And so whether it's elevated or suppressed, it's going to have undoubtedly an effect on your other hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, those sex hormones. And then that's going to lead you with like, well, why am I always like, dealing with depression or debilitating cramps or things that like those symptoms that are off the very top and you're like hmm like that feels off those are the things you're feeling but at the root this is what's going on so (laughs) hormonal imbalances that are caused by this inflammation like i said like they're gonna have a huge effect on your health as women but more intense symptoms like yeah you might have pms or like the regularity of your cycle but this also leads to things like a decreased libido and that takes a huge emotional impact this is something that i was honestly silent for so many years of like having basically little to no libido once i was in a healthy safe relationship my trauma came up and it came up and it manifested as gut issues, hormonal disruptions, and the effect that it had on on a my marriage, like and my relationship, uh, was huge. But also on my mental health, like I felt broken, and I think a lot of people also experience this, like with fertility issues, and maybe even if they're going through menopause, it's like what's going on? But the doctor tells you 
everything is normal. So I I get the frustration because I've been there in a different way, not necessarily fertility issues, but a decreased libido. Like it just is this domino effect when these, this axis is off. It's like, like it's not balanced and you are being told one thing and you feel another. It's almost like you're feeling gaslit. Um, and more, like for chronic, for this to happen chronically, this inflammation, you see more serious things like PCOS, and that also influences um, your health and fertility and endometriosis. And these are most definitely characterized by chronic inflammation. So there's a, there's a, there's a huge gap that I am not touching on here and I'm going there in it's our trauma and our emotional well-being and the toll it takes. And the effect that those emotions create on our body. There's a huge gap and a gray area that your doctor is not talking about, that we aren't being educated about in our health class. And I think a lot of like traditional practitioners aren't bringing up, but maybe more and more now we're talking about this. Uh, But this is like an area that I have been screaming from the mountaintops of like, hey, we have trauma stuck in our body and it's causing us disease, weight gain, inflammation, unhappiness in our lives. It's stuck. It needs help. And in my last episode, when I was talking about the father wound, I said, hey, if you have this wound, it's likely uh, creating inflammatory responses or hormonal imbalances or disorders in your body. Like, let's address this. So the role of trauma and emotions in your hormonal health is huge. Unresolved trauma and emotional stress, whether it's from the past or the present, which let's pause there. If you are very triggered right now, like say in a job, because you're so triggered leads me to believe that it has roots somewhere long, long ago. And you think you're responding to something right now in the current moment, but the reason it weighs so heavy on your body, the reason you're having such a traumatic like response to it, I guess, if we want to call it that, or reason it's so triggering to you is because it has roots that are deeper. And so you're responding to something else that's entangled with this current situation that you're saying is traumatic. The roots are in your childhood. And so this has a huge effect on your hormonal health, but also your well-being. And so traumatic experiences, let's say, let's just say that the root from childhood or adulthood, they can come from both, but the roots are in childhood. They're going to create a chronic state of stress and dysregulation in your body. And this will always disrupt the function of the HPA access. So here's what I want this explained to you. Everyone experiences some level of stress. Like it's, it's not necessarily bad. Like exercise when you're not already in a like level of stress, like high levels of stress is like really good for you. It's a good stress. Like you burning the body, heating it up, moving it, moving the energy. That's great. But if I am someone that has been in fight or flight and dysregulated all my life because I had caregivers that were unpredictable or really strict or whatever your situation was, and then I go into this hypervigilance in my career, and then I'm always stressed out from work, and then I'm not able to connect with my partner, and then this is leading my marriage to fall apart or whatever it is, then 
this is just like stress after stress after stress it's going to come up some way like what happens in the mind also happens in the body and the body will know before the mind knows of like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and so sometimes science like our traditional blood work tests doesn't always support us because our doctors are not trained to read blood tests in a functional way blood chemistry it can actually be really beneficial if we're taught better differently as practitioners and i have sat literally next to doctors in functional blood chemistry seminars and classes and they know that this stuff doesn't work well at least the ones i'm sitting next to and realizing it's not helping and so i know these aren't being taught in traditional medical systems and schooling as far as like what our doctors are getting and unless they take that extra step to have continuing education it's going to keep creating this loophole so all this stress from childhood will catch up to us it doesn't just get pushed down like it has to come up and i always describe this as like the effect of whack-a-mole like the game that you played in an arcade where you, you push one thing down for another thing to come up and that's often what happens when we're prescribed a medication to manage our hormones like birth control and then okay we don't have painful periods anymore but we have raging acne or we have major depression okay well let's take a pill for that okay now i'm fine but then i don't feel anything and i just feel numb in my life but okay you're healthy and you're alive and your blood work looks normal <laughs> so it's like we have to get to the root and we can't get to the root without looking into our emotions and so this dysregulation is obviously going to cause disruptions with your hormones as well. Um, but it, this also plays a huge role in neurotransmitters, which largely are produced in the gut. And these are like your serotonin and dopamine, and this influences your mood. And so your emotional well-being and your hormonal health is really just undeniable. It's just, it's not a conversation you're having in your traditional medical doctor's exam room and the the quality of your life and the situations and experiences you had as a child that's going to influence your thoughts and your patterns and they're so subconscious you don't even realize that you're self-sabotaging you don't even realize that that's you rejecting yourself abandoning yourself but it's you repeating things that were so etched in you since you were a little girl and so that's why we have to pay attention to addressing this unresolved trauma and emotional stress and some really great modalities. And I'm going to put an asterisk on this first one, like therapy. Find a therapist that you feel attuned with. What does that mean? You shouldn't walk into that therapist's room and feel like you don't have a connection with them. I've been in many of those situations where it's just like, yeah, this is just not a good fit, but like, I feel like I'm supposed to get something from this, so I'll just stay. No, it, it's much like dating. And if you're a business owner hiring, like you have to find that connection. And something that doesn't often happen in a therapy setting, a traditional therapy, is that there's no disclosure, self-disclosure from the therapist, meaning they don't share what they're going through. So it's like you feel 
not attuned with this person because here you are sharing and they're having this straight face and they're not mirroring and they're not sharing like, hey, I understand this because this is the experience because that's how they were trained. And this is why a lot of people poo-poo on therapy. I've had those experiences, but there are really amazing therapists out there who are trained in somatic work, which is working directly with the body to release trauma. A really common example that's widely used in traditional therapy settings is um, EMDR. You're rewiring and working with the subconscious to release trauma. Talking about it can be a very beneficial thing because say you were a child that was alone, maybe you were an only child, or maybe you just didn't feel safe to share your emotions or the experiences you had as a child. And now you have this safe space where like, it's all about you and you get to be seen and heard. But at some point, we can't just talk our way through releasing trauma. We have to be physical and release it. And that's where health practices where we're detoxifying because the organs store emotions and trauma and using somatic practices like breath work or somatic experiencing techniques um meditation even the power of visualization gut directed hypnotherapy specifically, that's what I use. And any other thing that helps you get in touch with your body to release it. This could also be energy work if you find someone that really resonates with you. So therapy can be with talking, but it has to also involve the body for you to release the trauma from the body. You can't talk your way through that. You just can't. And also too, engaging in self-care practices. Now, I am not talking about bubble baths and pedicures and doing floofy things. Yes, romanticize the hell out of your life, girl. I do it. I love it. But that is also not going to help me release trauma from my body. What I mean by self-care is having healthy relationships, setting boundaries, having the hard conversations that if it were me standing up for my younger self, I would be defending them and doing that in a healthy, balanced, grounded state like I'm their parent. Reparenting myself, I believe, is my self-care. And also engaging in play. Like if all your life is about healing and fixing and doing, like you're missing the point. The whole point of healing and doing this work is so that you can cultivate peace and light and joy. What's the point of going through that darkness if not to lead us to that? You know, like we shouldn't be doing it with expectation. I'm only doing this so that one day I'm happy, but more of like, I owe this to myself to be with these hard things so that I can also be with the lighter stuff. <laughs> so I want to be really clear, like that is self-care is the lighter side of life, but we have to be with those difficult things that younger you didn't have the tools to be with, didn't have the awareness to be with, didn't have the safe space to be with. And let's kind of like go into some other ways too that are very beneficial, like physically that you can do for releasing trauma, whether it's physical trauma, emotional trauma, and or supporting your hormonal health. So we have to incorporate like holistic healing. And what does that mean? I feel like holistic, that word gets thrown around so many times, but it's like looking at something from a very multifaceted way. Like health isn't holistic when it's just focused on exercise, calories, and I don't know, 
like burning fat. It's like health also is my relationships. It's also the quality of my life. It's my emotions. It's my trauma. It's my inner child. Like that's holistic. It's like the whole picture of everything, like everything in your life affects your health. So holistic healing acknowledges that hormonal imbalances are going to be interconnected with various aspects of you and your life and your health. And so that includes gut health, inflammation, your emotional well-being, and also your lifestyle factors. And so here are some lifestyle factors, if you will, that will be tools for you to really see things differently so that you can start to feel better because this is not you are not designed to feel like shit. Let's just put it that way. And I think so many of us, when we try to follow the westernized like standard of care, we're just like used to feeling shit and normalizing. And though it's common, it's not normal. So one crucial aspect of taking this like lifestyle shift is that you need to understand that like it's not a one size fit all. So when I give these tips and tools, like I would say, you know what, like think into what feels readily available to you. Like maybe there is a lot of synchronicities of like, oh, I've been getting the hit to like pay attention more to my self-care or, you know, I've really been wanting to focus on my nutrition and add in this certain thing or food and aspect to it. So I'll start there. So it's different for everybody. For some people, it's just like they have all the physical stuff in place and not the emotional or vice versa. They have the emotional tools, but they're not using them or they have the emotional tools and they're using them, but they're not doing the physical stuff. So you need both. So this may involve you working with a practitioner or working with a healer or whether it's for the physical or emotional aspect or getting testing done because maybe that's something you haven't done. So take what you need and leave the rest is basically what I'm saying. So one big thing that will obviously play a huge role and we know this is like the lifestyle change that you can make with your diet. And I'm not saying diet in the sense of like a fad diet. I'm saying diet in the sense of like the things that you are eating as a whole. So we obviously want to eat as nutrient-dense as possible. What, what do I mean by that? Well, here's some foods that you can add in that directly have an effect on your hormones. Number one, leafy green vegetables. So these are not like lettuce. <laughs> I'm talking like the deep, rich green. So spinach, kale, Swiss chard, they have the vitamins and minerals and antioxidants that support your hormonal balance. They are high in folate, and this plays a crucial role in your hormone synthesis and metabolism. Another food that I would say also has high antioxidants um, and is very supportive to the womb in particular Um are the fruits and vegetables that are orange in color. And so for those of you who are familiar with the chakras, like the energy that radiates is that frequency of orange. And so if you eat orange or that like almost like mustardy rich, those rich colored foods like that orange, yeah, orange foods um, and things that resemble the womb, have uh, really uh, beneficial properties. So I'm talking like your mangoes and your papayas. It's interestingly enough too, um, papaya seeds are 
um, very beneficial in releasing parasites and parasites are often in the womb, but a lot of parasitic or anti-parasitic herbs out there um, don't address these because it's really easy for them to hide. So incorporating those types of like orange colored foods are also a uh, beneficial um, aspect. The other food too that I would say is really important is flax seeds. So flax seeds have lignans, which have estrogenic properties, and they help balance hormone levels in your body. They also have omega-3 fatty acids, which if you have a standard American diet, like you are very low in those, um, they have anti-inflammatory effects and support overall hormonal health. Now, when we're talking about good fats and bad fats. I hate labeling food good and bad, but I think for the sake of like keeping this succinct and you understanding what I'm saying, good fats would be those omega-3 and bad fats would be the omega-6. So omega-3s are like, um, going to come from those healthy oils like avocado oil and olive oil versus like your canola and your vegetable oil. Um, you can also get it from like fish as well. Um, so those are, that's why fish is really good for you, like fatty fish, like salmon. You can also get omega-3s, um, from avocados themselves, not just the oil, um, nuts and seeds of that nature. So flax seeds is one simple way you can add it into your smoothies or any other foods that it feels most appropriate in your recipes. Uh, number three fermented foods. We know that fermented foods are really good for the gut. So this is like our sauerkraut, our kimchi, our kefir. Um, they have beneficial probiotics naturally, so you don't need to take a supplement. Um, and they promote a balanced microbiome, so you get the good stuff in there. And uh, this is obviously if you have balance in your gut, what do you have? You have balance in your hormones. <laughs> um, I kind of already touched on this one, but wild-caught fish like salmon, it also has those omega-3s, but um, eating the actual fish is that much more effective than taking the supplement. There is a study that showed, I can't, don't quote me on the exact percentages, but it was like those who ate two sources of wild-caught fish like salmon per week versus those who took the supplement daily um, had a significant difference in um, levels of inflammation. And um, so obviously it's better to eat the real thing. Salmon also has vitamin D, and this also plays a huge role in hormone production and balance. But if you want vitamin D, get your tushy outside. As far as a lifestyle practice goes, this would be like a very simple one. Waking up and going outside, whether it's for a walk, having like your coffee or whatever you do in the morning as far as beverages go, but just sitting on your porch or backyard and getting direct sunlight for at least 10 minutes. It is a game changer. We are not designed to be inside the house all the time, especially as we work from home or unfortunately if you're in an office like that horrible lighting like no go get yourself outside as soon as you wake up um and last but not least another little food trick you can do is adding turmeric turmeric contains uh, a compound called curcumin and this has huge anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties you could just straight up take curcumin though uh um, that would have to go in a capsule form. <laughs> um, but curcumin basically helps reduce inflammation in the body and support 
um, hormonal imbalances as well. Um, as while we're on the topic of food here, you know, because I'm going to switch gears in a second. Another little thing, because I mentioned waking up, going outside, like within the hour of like waking up, because this is going to help set your sleep and wake schedule. Um, basically, it you leave the body to guess and kind of be like set up for, I don't want to say failure, but confusion, we'll say, um, when you don't get that like burst of sunlight in the morning. And so I almost take it as like, if I don't tell my body that we're awake, we're up by not going outside, then my body's going to be confused as to when to rest. And so it's that circadian rhythm that we have this clock system on the inside of us that um, needs to be regulated and can very easily be regulated um, in by you just going into the sunlight. Um, as you go to bed, I would say um, 12 hours from when you woke up. So say you woke up at seven, um, or I kind of use the rule of thumb of like when the sun is going down. I don't want the blue light and lights reflected on me, but the truth is it's like, yeah, I'm gonna scroll on social media here and there and I'm gonna watch a little bit of TV with my husband. So I use blue light blockers when the sun starts to go down. So that's usually seven to eight, it's later in the summer. Now, if you live in California, you're probably like, well, there's no fucking sunlight. Like we've had a crazy May gray and June gloom and where I live, um, in Vista, which is like a suburb of Carlsbad, um, if you're at all familiar. I think I'm literally on a Vista, and I'm going to guess that's why it's called Vista. <laughs> um, I am on a hill, actually. Um, I get like no sunlight in my new house. So even if there's no sun, I mean, you're still going to get that UV exposure. So sit out there maybe a little bit extra. So I would say 15 minutes. Um, and another point to make with food, this is such a simple fix that will support your hormonal health. Eat within an hour of waking and please eat something with protein, hopefully 20 to 30 grams, um, before you guzzle your coffee. Like so many women, they're like, oh, I just have a smoothie and it has fruit or I just grab a bar or I have some toast. And we're so used to those little tiny meals from like years of like programming of diet culture. But the reality of it is that like, if you started eating more protein, <laughs> like in general, I would say at least 90 grams, at least. Um, and so that would be 30 grams at every meal or maybe 20 to 25 and some high protein snacks. It would make a huge difference on your body composition, like in terms of you keeping muscle mass and seeing the results that like say you put in the work at the gym and it would make a huge difference in your hormones. It's so jarring for your hormone and hormones and your body for you to wake up and just guzzle down some coffee as like your first meal. Like you are not doing your body any favors. And if you're like in that school of thought, but Nia, intermittent fasting. Well, let me tell you this. Uh, the study that they did for like intermittent fasting, which like many studies actually, but the studies they've done on intermittent fasting where it caused it to blow up and be like this way in which like we um, can lose weight and manage our like not gaining fat and yada, 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 where it became a trend uh, was not done on people with women's hormone systems. So men, it's been done on men. And so their hormones reset every 24 hours where we go on a 30 day lovely roller coaster ride. And so there's maybe 
a couple of days or maybe a whole week, if that, in your during your cyclical nature where that IF, intermittent fasting, could be beneficial, but not the entire time, sweetheart. No, 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 no. That is a hormonal disaster. So um, keep that in mind. <laughs> um, you definitely, you eating within one hour of waking is going to help your metabolism. It's going to help your digestion and it's going to just support your body from not being inflamed and stressed, which you understand the interconnectedness of all of that. The other thing too is eating at the same times. It is really confusing for your body to be regulated when you have breakfast one day at 9 a.m. and then the next day at 11 and then you have lunch at 4 and then you had it at 12. So eating every three to five hours. And if you're someone that's really engulfed in diet culture and you're really afraid, just start with the breakfast thing and work your way there. That's going to naturally make you more hungry. And if you're also someone that's like not used to eating breakfast in the morning because you skipped it or you've eaten so little or you have to wait till you're hungry, that's a sign that your metabolism in some way is kind of slowed down and your body is like, it needs some support. You should be hungry after not eating for say eight hours that you were sleeping. So um, within an hour is a rule of thumb, but maybe you start small. Maybe you have like a couple pieces of like breakfast proteins, like sausages, or I mean, you can literally anything you want for breakfast. It could be lunch food. You don't have to have breakfast foods, but say you had some like chicken sausage or turkey sausage for breakfast and that just be it. And then you could break your breakfast into two parts. When I started to implement this into my lifestyle, that's exactly what I did. And now I eat um, a full blown meal when I wake up. So within an hour. Um, okay. Managing your stress. <laughs> Huge component here. And it's a loaded tip. I understand that. Um, you know that the chronic stress in your life can disrupt the HPA access. Um, but I, there's so many things and you know what works best for you. So I'm going to keep this one brief because there's so many things that can support you with this, like yoga or meditation or just going outside in the morning and setting your day off, or maybe taking a look at what like is draining you versus what is filling your cup up and seeing what needs to be set aside versus like what needs to be adjusted. And it could be the boundaries in your relationships that are causing you stress. Again, I want you to pay, pay attention very closely that what is causing you stress and triggering you is causing turmoil in your life. The roots are in childhood. So what pattern are you playing out? And how would you, if you were a parent to yourself and this pattern was playing out at its roots in infancy and childhood, how would you want your parent to act in that situation? So maybe it's speaking up for yourself. Maybe it's give, being more disciplined with yourself. Whatever it is, it's going to heal your inner child, but it's also going to support your hormonal and physical health as well. Um, I'm going to list out some just other like kind of bullet points, little tips, and um, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Some other little uh, lifestyle modifications that will uh, go a long way. Um, tools like acupuncture herbal medicine, so herbal tinctures, and supplementation to support the organs, like your drainage organs, like your colon. So you're going poop every day and toxins aren't filling up your body, causing inflammation um, or a 
eating foods and herbs that support your liver so that your body can effectively metabolize estrogen. So this is things like your milk thistle or it's uh, doing coffee enemas to support your liver and uh, increase glutathione production. It's working on your anger um, and healing and being with your anger and sadness because that's what emotion specifically is carried in the liver and that has a lot to do with our parents. Um, other lifestyle tips is you turning off your Wi-Fi when you sleep, you drinking quality filtered water. Um, bottled water is depleted of the minerals that you need to actually support you with being hydrated. So toss those and invest in a uh, filtration system, whether it's on your countertop or underneath your sink. The one that I personally use is, um, it's called the survivor filter. And my house has a soft water system. And then I use that filter on top of it. And then if I want to make sure I'm getting minerals, I make sure that I'm eating um, animal proteins to get that. But also I use a really um, high quality sea salt, a Celtic sea salt is what it's called. So I know that was a lot. <laughs> um, and like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, there is just so many different things that for every individual to look at and it's gonna be different for every single person. So take what resonates and leave the rest. But those are just things that off the top of my head that I believe can be really supportive in you getting this ball rolling on your own. But if you are seeking support, we go through this whole process and journey of healing and getting to the roots of all the things that you're struggling with so that you can actually thrive and feel lighter and confident and at peace in your body, with food and your life, with your past. And if Body Genius really calls out to you, I encourage you just to at least try out the preview of the first lesson and the detox guide uh, provided for you in the free unlocked module. And if you are ready to take this journey, I am ready to support you. And I hope to be able to have that opportunity to do so next month. If not, I'll see you on the next episode. And thank you so much for tuning in and being a listener of this show. And if you'd like to connect with me, we can connect on Instagram at eclectic.wellness, also linked in the show notes. And those resources are also available for you in the show notes as well. I would also love it too if you shared this podcast and or provided me a review, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we're all also now listed on Podvine. One of you lovely subscribers requested that. And so if you could provide a review, that helps me grow the show so that I can continue to give. And I would so, so appreciate that. So I will see you next time. And until then, I'm sending you so much love and light. Bye.